hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Maya Fiorella, and I am so excited to be here today. This week has just been so much fun. I don't know if it's the pumpkin spice lattes back in season or if it's the Virgo energy, but this week has been really great and I've just been loving life. I also started watching The Bachelor in Paradise this week and it has been such a fun show. Oh my god, I'm very new to the whole world of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, etc. I only started watching The Bachelor on Matt James's season because I'm literally obsessed with Kate Keenan. I love her so much, everything she does. I love her podcast with her mom. And also, not to stunt on you, but she literally follows me on TikTok, which makes my heart explode. But anyway, I started watching Matt James' season of The Bachelor because Kit was on it, and I became obsessed, immediately watched Katie's season of The Bachelorette, even though I kind of hated the ending. Big fan of Greg, not a fan that much of Blake, so was kind of upset about that, but The Bachelor in Paradise is so good. It's literally the best. I like it so much more than Bachelor and Bachelorette because there's just so much more going on. I'm obsessed with Jasenia and Ivan. They are my favorite couple and I really hope that they last. I've literally been recording for like one minute and I'm already out of breath because I'm so excited about Bachelor in Paradise, but enough of that. Let's get into our weekly check-in of what I'm loving, manifesting, and something I could live without. I have been obsessed with watching YouTube vlogs lately. I go very back and forth when it comes to YouTube. I feel like I'll have phases where I'm obsessed with it and it's all I want to watch and then I'll have phases where I literally don't watch YouTube for months on end. But at the moment, I am very much into vlogs, especially Margot Lee. She is one of my favorite influencers, one of my favorite YouTubers. I just love everything about her vibe and I love the way that she edits her vlogs. They go by so fast and they're just so peaceful. I feel like I'm hanging out with a friend when I'm watching her vlogs and I really, really love that. I've also been loving Peyton Sarton's vlogs. I love Peyton Sarton. I actually just found her a couple of months ago right before I moved down to LA and then I realized that she lives so very close to me and I am literally manifesting running into her at Whole Foods. I've had the whole visual in my head since I moved here. I'm going to be strolling down the aisle and then all of a sudden I'm going to see Peyton. I'm going to go say hi and she's going to become my mentor in life and I can't wait for that moment. So that is what I've been loving and also what I've been manifesting. Seriously, Peyton keeps saying or hinting at the fact that she is moving away from LA and I'm like, oh my god, no, not before I meet you, please. Also, because I live in LA, there are many uh, sirens around, so I'm sorry for that, but hopefully you enjoy the little city ambiance. Something I could live without this week is actually nothing. I 
have been in the best mood this week and I've been really here for that. So I'm not going to spend too much time talking about something I could live without this week. Usually I have something that immediately comes to mind that I want to shit on, (laughs) but this week, not so much. So let's go ahead and just jump straight into this episode. This was a highly requested topic and it is a topic I always get questions about on my Instagram. So I'm really excited to be recording and I hope that you enjoy listening to my health journey. Let's start at the beginning. My physical health was always a big priority in my life. I grew up as a competitive dancer, so I was at dancing school Monday through Friday, after school, and then on the weekends, I was competing. So movement was a very natural and a very important thing to me from a very young age. I also grew up in a household where eating healthy was very much prioritized. My mom always made sure we had healthy food available, which is such a privilege, and I think that it definitely affected me once I was able to move out of the house and begin grocery shopping for myself. I have to tell you this story because it's so funny and I think it will give you great insight on how I grew up. So my mom, bless her heart, is a terrible, terrible cook and she doesn't enjoy being in the kitchen, but she does very much value healthy food. So for snacks, I would generally bring raw vegetables to school. Red bell peppers were my favorite and we always had them at the house. So one day I brought my raw bell pepper to school and ate it as my snack. Then later that night, my mom got a call from my school saying that I wasn't eating well. My mom, who was very confused, told my school that I enjoyed eating vegetables and for whatever reason, the school had such an issue with this and they recommended to my mom to buy me more kid-friendly snacks, as in cookies, chips, or whatever. I remember my mom being so annoyed at the fact that my school had this issue of me bringing raw vegetables and I just laugh so hard at this story now because honestly why did my school think that vegetables weren't a good snack but completely processed oreos and chips ahoy but like those were fine but my bell pepper absolutely not I'm not eating good (laughs) I don't know Weird story, but anyway, my mom obviously prioritized healthy food in my house. Throughout my time living in New Orleans, I was physically great. I was eating healthy food and I was going to dance very, very often. However, my mental health definitely started to decline about the time I got my first period. I got my first period when I was quite young. I had just turned 10 years old and this is when the hormones and the body image struggles really started for me. I remember being at dancing one day, staring at myself in the mirror and it was the first time I realized how different my body looked compared to everyone else. 
because I started my period so young, I grew taller very quickly and I developed much faster than the other girls in my age group. I felt so big and ugly and truthfully, I just hated the way that I looked and this directly affected my mood and my mental health. I started struggling with depression and anxiety early on and things only got worse when I realized that I was moving to California. So I moved pretty often when I was younger just as like a backstory. I was born in Louisiana but I also lived in Miami and Texas for a little bit. Then I moved back to New Orleans for a few years before I ultimately moved to the Bay Area, California in 2013. So this was in the middle of my eighth grade year and it significantly affected my physical and my mental health. Moving across the country at 13 years old was very difficult for me. I was already beginning to have depressive and anxious feelings. And then on top of that, I was moving very far away from my friends and my family, and I didn't know anyone in California. And in a lot of ways, I'm now very thankful for this move and this period of time. But in 2013, when this was happening, I thought it was the literal end of the world. I stopped dancing when I moved because I did not want to find another studio. If you're a dancer, I'm sure you can understand that growing up at one studio really feels like home. And actually, the dance studio that I grew up going to, my mom also went there, my grandma also went there, so it was very loved in my family. So when I moved, I was never really able to find another dance studio that felt like home to me. So I wasn't moving my body anymore. And then I was also dealing with probably the most severe mental health issues that I've personally ever faced. About a year into the move, I realized that something needed to be done. I was dealing with so much depression and I hated going to school. I wasn't making many friends and I just hated life. Truthfully, it was not a fun time for me. But about a year into the move, I decided that I was going to try out for my school's dance team. And this really changed a lot for me. I was able to start making more friends. I was moving my body again, which was fantastic. I missed moving my body so much. And I feel like things started going uphill in terms of my health. But just for a second, because that's how life works. Unfortunately, about three months after I made my high school's dance team, everything changed. I am quickly interrupting this episode to tell you about Sakara. If you don't know, Sakara is a health and wellness brand centered around plant-based holistic health. The food from Sakara is absolutely to die for. I just ordered a two-day meal kit and just listen to some of these menu highlights, okay? A lavender quesadilla with broccoli pesto, 
blueberry earth cake and literally so many other goodies i love saqqara because their ingredients are super clean and it's so easy the meals are literally shipped right to your door and if you follow me on instagram you already know i use their detox chlorophyll drops every single morning if you want to try out anything from saqqara you can use my discount code xo maya f for 20 percent off your first order again that is saqqara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com with the code X-O-Maya-F for 20% off your first order. All right, back to the episode. I was at the annual summer dance camp, which by the way is seriously one of my favorite things in the whole entire world. I loved dance camp so much, but anyway, I woke up the second morning of dance camp and I just felt weird. I knew that something was off as soon as I woke up, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. To set the scene, our dance camp took place at UC Davis, which is a college campus, and me and my group of friends were walking down to get breakfast in the dining hall. We were all standing by the cereal line, and I looked over at my good friend, and I told her that I just really did not feel well at all. I started feeling dizzy and almost confused, and she basically said to just go sit down. She'll handle my breakfast for me. So now I'm walking to the table to sit down, and my vision completely goes blurry, I started seeing yellow dots everywhere, and then a couple minutes later, I woke up. I had actually fainted, and I hit my head on the side of the metal table in the cafeteria. I was completely unconscious and ended up being rushed to the hospital after I woke up. I was okay, but I had fainted, and I had fainted prior to this a couple of times throughout my life, all of which were immediately dismissed by doctors and I was told that I hadn't eaten enough or it was really hot outside, any sort of excuse which at the time I really didn't think much of. But this time was very different when I fainted at dance camp. It was different because after I left dance camp, I began fainting almost three to five times a week, which is not normal at all. I started seeing doctors and none of them really took this seriously until I passed out one night at a restaurant. So this had happened after I finished eating dinner. So the doctor really couldn't blame me fainting on not eating. I was sent to a cardiologist, and throughout a couple of months of lots and lots of testing, I was diagnosed with postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. That is such a mouthful, and for the purpose of this episode, I will refer to my diagnosis by its acronym, POTS. So now I'm 15, just diagnosed with POTS, and miserable. I was still able to dance, but I had a constant fear of passing out. It would happen very suddenly and often without warning in the beginning. However, through living with POTS, I was able to learn my body in a very intuitive way. I needed to start paying attention to 
every single minor symptom that I was having. And by the way, POTS has symptoms ranging from heart palpitations to migraines, to jaw pain, to nausea. So I was feeling a lot of physical symptoms very often. And on top of the physical symptoms and hardships of this diagnosis, I was also literally referred to as the girl who passes out in high school. I don't really think that people were malicious by saying things like that, but it did hurt and it was a label I held on to pretty much throughout my entire high school career. I think it prevented me from creating closer relationships and I'm also a naturally very shy person, so having such a notable factor about myself was mentally very difficult for me. I would literally pass out during class or after a dance team performance, which fucking sucked to say the least. I think I played it off fine in high school, but I hated myself for having a heart issue. I hated myself for not being normal. From the time I moved to California till about college, I just hated myself so, so much. I struggled deeply with depression when I was home or by myself, and then I struggled deeply with anxiety when I was at school or anywhere else in public. I started going to therapy my freshman year of high school shortly after the move, but I didn't really vibe with my therapist, so it wasn't helpful for me. So I stopped going. Then toward the end of my junior year of high school, I started going to therapy again, and this was voluntary. I asked my mom if I could start going again, and this time I was seeing a different therapist, and I actually wanted to be there. So I was able to receive the help my therapist was offering me. I think therapy is fantastic for so many reasons, but truthfully, it's only helpful if you want it to be helpful. So yeah, I started slowly learning how to manage my depression and my anxiety, but it wasn't perfect. I graduated high school in June of 2018 and I realized that I didn't want to be unhappy forever. I think a lot of this stemmed from the fact that because high school was over, so was my dancing career and god, I still miss dance to this very day more than anything, but I also looked back on my high school career and realized that I was depressed and anxious for pretty much all of it. I was beginning college soon and I just genuinely wanted to be a happy person because I had felt unhappy for so long. I also knew that no one in college knew who I was. I didn't have to carry around the label of being the girl that passes out anymore. I didn't have to carry the label that I was shy anymore either. 
And these were fantastic realizations for myself and they really helped motivate me toward creating the healthy lifestyle that I currently live. The first week of college, living on my own, I set some goals for myself. I was going to work out at least three times a week and I was going to talk to someone new at least once a day. These were very ambitious goals if I do say so myself, but I actually committed to them and I ended up really changing my mental and my physical health because of them. I will preface by saying that my physical health is a tough subject POTS is an autoimmune disorder, so although I could be feeling a million symptoms at once, I will look fine. I've remained the average weight relatively my whole life, but physical health is obviously so much more than just your weight, and I think that sometimes a lot of people have trouble in seeing a health journey with someone that didn't necessarily lose a ton of weight or dramatically change their movement goals or whatever, but in college, I prioritized being healthy. I prioritized eating healthy. I actually went vegan my freshman year of college, not to say that you have to be vegan to be healthy, but that was the choice that I made for myself. And it was actually right around the time I found out who Kenzie Burke was. To cut that story short, I did follow food combining for about my entire freshman and part of my sophomore year of college. No, I do not still food combine. No, I don't really believe in it, but I also don't hate Kenzie Burke. I think she gets so much unnecessary hate, and honestly, I still use a lot of her recipes, and I love her aesthetic, I love her podcast, but I don't love food combining. College was so good for me because I felt in control for the first time in my life. I had dealt with POTS for a while, so I knew my body really fucking well. I could tell that I was going to pass out way before I did, so I was usually able to prevent it. I also learned how to manage a lot of my symptoms. Cutting out dairy was very beneficial because I was dealing with chronic nausea. But most importantly, I managed my stress. POTS is heavily triggered by stress and anxiety, so in college, I was not nearly as anxious or as stressed out as I was in high school, so I was able to manage a lot of my symptoms and POTS as a whole so much better. I was passing out so much less in college because I could feel when it was coming on and I could do something about it. And I knew my limits. In high school, I had no idea what my limits were, so I would go to school, go to dance team practice, eat not the best, and then I would be stressed and anxious and depressed, and then I would pass out all the time. But in college, I learned how to manage my stress, I was eating really well, and I just had a much better reign over my POTS. I also began taking bar classes in college, which was seriously the best decision of my life. I went to bar probably three to four times a week my freshman year, and then I actually became a certified bar instructor my sophomore year of college. 
And that pretty much leads into my current health state. Yes, I still struggle with POTS from time to time, and I definitely still struggle with anxiety from time to time, but ultimately, I am in the best shape physically, and I am in the most content state mentally that I have ever been in. I created routines for myself to hold myself accountable. I consistently prioritize healthy eating and movement in my life. And more than anything, I live a balanced, intuitive lifestyle. If you want to hear more about how I balance my health, listen to episode two, I believe, entitled Balance Baby. But yeah, I'm in a great part of my health journey right now. I don't think this journey is necessarily ever finished, especially with health, but as of today, I am physically and mentally doing great, but it has taken a very long time to get here. I'm going to transition into some questions now because I think that pretty much wraps up the general life story surrounding my health, but I would love to get into your specific questions. The first question is, what has been the hardest part of your health journey? I definitely think getting my diagnosis was very hard for me because it was hard both physically and it was hard mentally. Physically, I was struggling with a lot of different symptoms like I kind of talked about. For me, the ones that really affected me the most were obviously literally passing out. That is very scary and I was very scared just walking around all of the time. I also dealt with migraines a lot and nausea a lot and that is just uncomfortable. Like no one wants to be nauseous or have a headache your whole life. So that was very hard for me to deal with. And then on top of that, the mental blockades that I was facing because of my diagnosis in the social setting of school, but also mentally, it broke me down because I felt like my body couldn't be a normal body. So that's a very individual answer, but that was definitely the hardest part of my health journey. Question number two, how do you measure progress? That's a great question. I think that I measure my progress by how I'm feeling. So if I'm feeling really stressed out and anxious, I know that something needs to be changed either in my day-to-day routine or with the foods I'm eating or whatever, if I'm feeling really good and content in life, that is success and that shows me that I have made a lot of progress. How to intuitively eat without restricting? I think that this is a tough question because everyone is so different. The amount of food that you need to eat is so different than the amount of food that I need to eat. I think it is really, really important and beneficial to learn your hunger cues so you know when you're genuinely hungry versus when you're just bored or you know when you're full and not to eat more than that. This question specifically asks about restricting and I definitely struggled with restricting myself of food for a little bit. 
of time right after my move to California and I got over that phase once I learned to appreciate my body, which I know is a tough answer because you know, how do you just learn to be content with your body? It's a long process. It truly is. But I think intuitive eating is always going to come back to how well you know your body. In some ways, I was very fortunate in my diagnosis because I was forced to learn my body very well. I had to learn when I was going to pass out so I could sit down or lay down so I didn't get a concussion. So I learned how to be very intuitive, but along with that also came the ability to intuitively eat. I think it's a great skill to have, but I also think that it comes way more naturally for some people than it does for others. I think a great place to start though is learning your hunger cues and honoring them. If you're hungry, eat. Even if you've already eaten dinner, but you're still hungry, eat more. Eat until you're full and then stop eating when you are full. I feel like sometimes intuitive eating can kind of have issues both ways in restricting and binging. And I actually got another question about did you binge eat? No, I have never really struggled with binge eating, but I will say and I'm not a therapist, and I do not specialize in anything like that, but I will say that combating restrictive eating or binge eating is to really learn your hunger cues. I also really recommend talking to someone about it. I think therapy is very stigmatized in our society, which sucks because it can really, really help, even if you don't necessarily think that you're, you know, so depressed or so anxious or whatever literally just talking to someone once a week or even once a month is so beneficial for so many different reasons so if you are struggling with restricting or binging please reach out to someone and get help for that question number five why did you start i started my health journey well i think I started prioritizing my physical and my mental health about the time that I started my college experience. And I started because I looked back on high school and realized that I was really depressed for a lot of it. I think I missed out on making a lot of friendships because I let my anxiety come in the way. I think that I missed out on a lot of opportunities in high school to just make memories and that is genuinely why I started prioritizing my mental health and then I think I was forced into prioritizing my physical health when I got my diagnosis. The next question is how did you get in the mindset and I think that that correlates to what I was saying previously I was sick of being depressed and anxious and I wanted to do something to fix it and I felt like college was the perfect time because I didn't need to carry around labels anymore and no one knew who I was, which is honestly one of the best feelings in the world. If you're nervous about starting college soon or starting high school even, 
it is seriously the best time to reinvent yourself. Give yourself the label that you want. I did not want to be shy anymore. I did not want to be the girl who passed out anymore. So I worked really, really hard to keep myself motivated to work out and eat well and talk to new people and just do all of those really great things for myself. Do you recommend yoga to lose weight? So I think I mentioned this earlier, but I have always been been a very average weight. I've never really been in a place where I wanted to lose weight, so I'm not sure that I can really answer this question well. I love yoga. I think yoga is fantastic for moving your body, but I'm not sure if it directly correlates to losing weight. I think prioritizing any sort of movement, whether that be yoga or bar or Pilates or cardio or HIIT classes, whatever the type of movement that you want to do is, I think naturally just incorporating more of that into your life, you will see results in your weight. But again, losing weight has never been a super high priority to me, so I am not really the best person to ask about that. Did you use a vision board? If so, how did you make it? Yes, I absolutely love vision boards. I think that they can be really fantastic for creative purposes and also sometimes manifesting can be a a little bit difficult if you're just getting into it, but a vision board is a very physical thing so it's a little bit easier to get into that manifestation mindset. I have always been big into vision boards. I use Pinterest a lot as like an online easy to get to vision board and then I also have in the past created like physical vision boards. I did that more so when I was in high school and even before that, like just collages from magazines or newspapers or whatever. I think that as society has kind of turned more toward online, I make a lot of vision boards through my computer or through my phone. I love using Pinterest. I also love using other people's Instagrams. I find a lot of inspiration through social media. So I save a lot of photos on Instagram, screenshot them, make a little collage. I think that vision boards are such a good way to release some creative energy out into the world and then Every single picture or icon that you put into your vision board is going to have some sort of meaning to you. So every time you look at your finished vision board, you're just going to be reminded of all of those positive things that you want. So 10 out of 10 recommend a vision board. Also, Canva is really fantastic for editing vision boards online. What keeps you motivated? I love this question. But I'm not sure that I love my answer because I'm not sure if everyone can relate to this, but it honestly keeps me motivated thinking about how miserable I was for a lot of my life. I would say from the time I moved to California until I started college, I was in a really low space mentally and physically, so that keeps me motivated, remembering 
how much I missed out on, remembering how miserable I was, how depressed I was, how sad, how much I hated myself. All of those bad negative thoughts really keep me motivated to prioritize my own health, whether that be physically or mentally. I think I'm also very motivated by action. I feel like a lot of people wait a long time to do something because they don't feel motivated, which makes sense. But truthfully, if motivation doesn't come to you naturally, it never will. And I don't say that to be like rude. I say that because motivation isn't everything. Sometimes self-discipline means more than motivation. When you're disciplined with yourself, you're able to start the action and action is going to give you a little bit of motivation. Let me give you an example. Sometimes I love cleaning and I'm so motivated to clean. Other times, not so much. But if I just tell myself, okay, instead of focusing on my entire apartment, just clean this one closet area. So I sit there and I say, okay, it's going to take about 10 minutes to clean the closet. Let's just start and do it. I didn't necessarily have to be motivated to start the cleaning. I had to be disciplined. I had to tell myself that is all you have to do today. Just clean the closet. So then I clean the closet. It takes about 10 minutes. Then when I'm done cleaning the closet, I realize that the rest of my room is kind of messy. And since I already cleaned the closet, I might as well just clean my room. And then it starts this beautiful cycle of being motivated and actually going through with it. I'm not sure if everyone can relate to that, but for me, action really helps keep me motivated. And a lot of times... I will just tell myself, okay, just do 10 minutes of Pilates and see how you feel. And generally, I'm able to do 30 more. Sometimes, not so much, but that's okay because we live a balanced lifestyle. What workout routine do you follow? So I'm pretty intuitive in terms of my workout routine, as in there are some weeks I work out almost every single day and then there's other weeks where I don't work out at all. In general, I feel like I probably work out every other day. That is what makes my body feel best. I feel like having one day where I work out and then one day to rest and then work out and then rest and so forth just really works well for my body but everyone is different. You should totally listen to your body and see what works for you. I also mainly stick to low impact workouts and this does relate to my POTS diagnosis. I don't love cardio. It doesn't really sit well with my body. It is important for me to do sometimes, but low impact workouts are just better for me. Not to say that they're better for everyone, but for me, they work really, really well. So low impact workouts are essentially yoga, bar, Pilates, any sort of movement where it's a little bit slow, it's focused on strength building, and it's not focused on increasing your heart rate. Low impact workouts are also really great because they don't strain your body as much. Sometimes doing things like HIIT workouts can be really great in getting your heart rate up, 
but they put a lot of strain on your joints doing things like running and jumping. Those things can be really hard on your body and because of all of my years of dance, my body's already a little bit injured in that way. So I really, really like low impact workouts. Bar is obviously my favorite. It is derived from ballet. So I get this beautiful nostalgic sense that I'm in a dance class again. I'm also a certified bar instructor, so that's really great. And then I'm actually starting the certification process for Pilates in October. So I think that bar and Pilates will always be a big part of my personal workout routine. But yeah, ultimately, it's pretty intuitive. I go with the flow. I go with what I feel like my body needs. And that has worked out really well for me over these past couple of years. And I'm going to end on this question. What is your diet like? So like I said earlier, I did do food combining for a little bit. And I was a pretty strict vegan for about two years of my life. However, I have fully encompassed the intuitive eating lifestyle. More recently, I started including fish back into my diet. And then a couple months after I started including fish, I also started including eggs back into my diet. So for the most part, I'm non-dairy. I don't eat meat, but I do eat fish and I do eat eggs. Most of my meals are plant-based, I will say. I enjoy eating vegetables. I enjoy eating mainly plant-based proteins, but yeah, eggs and fish have been working for me, so I'm leaning into that. Also, it's not to say that I never eat dairy. I definitely will if I'm in a place that doesn't have a non-dairy option Or if I just really want something that has dairy in it, like a pumpkin spice latte, I will have the pumpkin spice latte. Everything in moderation and everything balanced, like my workout routine. And that pretty much wraps up all of the questions. If you want to ask me any further questions or if you just want to have a nice little chat with me, my DMs are always open on my Instagram at healthwithme, me as in M-I. I would also greatly appreciate it if you left me five stars or even a little review on Apple Podcasts. I actually just read through all of the reviews a couple days ago and literally cried. Y'all are so freaking sweet. Thank you so much if you took the time to leave me a review and thank you so much for taking the time to listen to my podcast. I love recording these and I really hope that you guys are getting something out of it. But for now, that's all I have. So I'll talk to you soon. XX Maya.